You're listening to Lake Norman Talk with Jonathan Weiner and Chuck Austin. Unscripted and real conversations with business leaders and marketing pros. Chuck, today we have Jeff Rallier who is the CEO of AMT Direct. I just met Jeff the other day. I've been working with their company for a few months now on some professional headshots. I know we're going to talk video next. But it was so fascinating to take his headshot and learn because they do like a professional shot and then a fun shot for their leadership team to learn that this guy is a professional voiceover artist. So no doubt I would ask him to be on the podcast. And I thought it'd be fun if he actually just interviews us. Right. Uh, because he's got a great voice. So, Jeff, thanks for coming in today. Happy to be here, guys. Really happy. So, uh, for those out there that don't know who AMT Direct is, tell us a little bit about that company. Yeah, so AMT Direct is in the enterprise software space, really focused from an uh, origination perspective on lease management software. So, if you're a in real estate and you've got a, a whole bunch of facilities that you've got leases on, we have software that helps you manage those leases and helps you do the accounting on those. But the business is really evolving uh, because there's new standards out there that any business that has any kind of leasing, whether it be equipment leasing, facility leasings, there are new standards out there that every company is going to have to adhere to with those things. So give us an example of a type of client that you'd be working with. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about somebody, that, um, a bigger client of ours would be, um, maybe somebody that is in rental cars and they've got all those rental car spaces that are out there. All of those are going to be lease spaces. So they could have, you know, maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred leases that they need to manage. And that gets really, really complicated. Right. So it's leases that they're offering or leases that they are paying on. It's leases that they're paying on okay, predominantly. Gotcha. Now, what's interesting is you may take a, uh, a large grocer. Now, that individual company is going to be paying on some leases. But they may have built out a whole shopping plaza, so they're actually on the other side as well. So they'd be a lessor. And we can help with both sides of that. So we can help them with the lessee side of it as well as the lessor side of it. So what are some of the intricacies in leasing multiple properties when you have this portfolio of locations, properties that you're leasing? What are some of the things that are difficult to track and that your software solves? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the most complicated things is everything as in a lease is negotiable. So, right, the, the rent will vary. So even though you're the same business, each location that you have, that contract could be very different location to location. And so you need to manage all of the, all the complexity. So the different way rents are calculated, the different way that uh, an index can be calculated if it's a multi-year lease. And so you need to be able to put all of that into a software system that can help you manage the lease, help you figure out what's the real payment that I'm supposed to be making, um, and stay in compliance with your contracts. So let's go back for a second, because um, I know this is a new role for you. Yeah. And um, I've known Haley a little bit now. And I got to tell you, when I went to their office, Chuck, like, you know, you go to offices and you're like, okay, this is cool. These guys run a cool business. And then you go to an office and you're like, these guys run a cool business. Their people are laughing, smiling. They, they, have, they took the time to create an environment that you want to show up and work in, meaning like it's a really cool looking office, which as you know, in my profession, I get even more excited. Because I'm like, these, these pictures, this, this work is going to look better. Talked about the culture of who you guys are and what your plan is to move forward with that. Yeah, that's a great question. And culture for me is really important. And you do. You go into the Kenton Place office, and it's on the second floor. 
a lot of bright colors, a lot of open space, uh, a lot of collaboration spaces in there. It's just, it's a welcoming environment. So it's an environment that you want to show up in. And really for us, when I think about the culture, we really want to focus in on a couple key elements. The first is we want our employees to be engaged in the community, right? So it's, you know, it's about AMT and what AMT and our employees can really be doing for the community. And then it's really getting passionate about what they do for our customers. Um, we had our first uh, employee call that I led and that's what we really focused on and talked about was every single person in the company is passionate about what we do for our customers because every single person in the company is actually working on behalf of the customer. And I think that's the uniqueness in the software industry is what we do makes a material difference in hundreds of customers every single day. And that's a little bit different than you know, a lot of other businesses that are out there. And so it's building that passion for our customers is a big part of our culture. So that's part of your brand, basically. It's, it's the extension of your brand that's living and breathing 24-7. Absolutely. And, and it's a buy-in from you know, everyone in your office, in your culture. So where did that come from? Was that something that came from within that over the years built up to this? Yeah, I think it's it's something that has evolved. So AMT Direct is a little over 20 years old um, and, you know, has been focused on that, that lease management for those 20 years. Um, but you, get, you begin to develop the identity with your customers because the idea in the software industry is you sell the customer, you get the customer successful, and then you retain that customer for five years, 10 years, 15 years. And so you begin to identify yourself with who your customers are. And so it's who we are, but then who we actually support. And you can go back and you can talk to, you know, your, you know, family on a weekend about, Hey, you know, I was just at, you know, enterprise and, you know, we're out there helping them run their business. So it's kind of cool because you get the name drop some pretty recognizable names out there because they're your customers and you get to work with them. Wow. What's your favorite part of your job, Jeff? You know, my favorite part is uh, mentoring people. Um, you know, as I've grown up in my career, one of the things that, you know, I've spent a lot of time is trying to learn the different facets of a software business. And I've benefited from having some great mentors in my life. And so I really view the role of the CEO is really the primary mentor in the business. And their job is to try to get all the rest of the leaders to be successful, to run their part of the business in a, in a smart way, in an effective way. Um, but then to help them learn how to develop their people, right? Because each of us are really responsible as leaders to develop the next level of leadership underneath us. Um, and so for me, I spend a lot of my time coaching, mentoring, and just trying to develop the people that work for me. What is the hardest part of your job? You know, when you're the CEO, it's every decision resides with you. So everything that goes right with the business, those are the easy ones. Everything that goes wrong with the business, it really stops with you. You have to be the person that's willing to take on all of that responsibility, make the really difficult decisions. And I think that's the, the hard part of leadership as you move further and further up. It's, it gets a little bit lonelier as you go up because you're, you're kind of the last person when that tough decision needs to be made. And a lot of those decisions are there's, it's not a good decision versus a bad decision. It's just there's two bad decisions to be made, and you're the person that has to make that decision. That, that can be really tough, and it can weigh on you. And a lot of times, too, I'm sure in your career where you're climbing the ladder with peers, and these are you know your co-VP, C-suite guys, and all of a sudden you're their boss the next day, and that could be tough. So I, I see what you mean on that. 
So tell me, how did you get into the software business? I mean, where did all this start for you? Great question. So uh, when I went to college, so it's a few years ago, um, I was in software development and I realized that I hated computers. So I got involved in um, really what's student life, student affairs, and I, uh, I went on after my uh, bachelor's, worked on my master's degree in college student personnel and human development. So with the aspirations of I was going to work in student affairs and student life, and I went to a wedding in Pittsburgh, and I met a, uh, kind of re-ran into a guy that was working for uh, Arthur Anderson, and they were starting up a uh, consulting uh, business in Rochester, New York. And he asked if I wanted to join. And I said, all right, well, I'll come up and I'll talk to you, and I'll talk to uh, his boss. And that operational consulting group, what they focused on was helping smaller businesses select software and implement software. That's how I got into the industry. Wow. And that's back in the day probably where it wasn't the SaaS model online. It was, hey, here's your floppy disk. You're going to get this in, by FedEx, right? So was that a big transition going from the old school to the new school where everything's totally a SaaS uh, product and it's online? You know, being, having been in the industry now for two and a half decades, I kind of evolved with the industry. So right. you move from, and this is what I think is really interesting is, you know, everybody's talking about how the SaaS model is new, but it's not. If you go back to the 70s and you look at how computer software was actually delivered and distributed, it was all in, right, co-location facilities and timeshare and everything was centralized and you rented time on equipment and software. Um, and even from a pricing model perspective, if you go back to, there's a product out there called Mapix. And you go out there, that product was sold from an annual license perspective from the very day it was released in the late 70s to today. And so it, even if you think about the go-to-market model, is to, we're just redoing something that had already been done 30-some years ago. So I want to shift gears a little bit to what I mentioned earlier, because I, I just think this is fascinating. Of course, it's in, in my area of expertise and work, and <laughs> you could hear it, right, Chuck? I mean, he needs to do a podcast on how to be a guest on the pod. If you're a CEO, how to be a guest on the podcast and sound is good. Right. Jeff's good Absolutely. sounds, yeah. So we're taking your shot. You're holding up the mic. You got the headphones on, kind of like where we're sitting right now in the studio with the podcast. So how did you get started? Obviously, somebody identified your voice. I'm, I'm assuming you didn't go like, yeah, I got a great voice. Somebody identified your voice and go, this guy's got a, got a voice that I want to pay for. How'd you get into that business? So, uh, got to go back to Madrid in 2011, 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. And I'm working for a, uh, very large German software company and we're doing a big event and the, in the event, our voice of God, voiceover actor can't speak. So I get tapped. They come to me. I was doing a whole bunch of uh, marketing at the time and, and doing some thought leadership. And so I was at the event and they're like, well, we need you to do the voice of God for us. So I do that. And then from there, that's really where I get connected up with the agencies. And so then I spend, I spend about a year trying to put my own studio together, right? To be able, it's about getting the sound right. So if you're doing voiceover acting, it, your sound's got to be perfect. And so, you know, I go and I invest in the equipment. I, you know, build a vocal booth. Uh, and you know, so do the research to really do it right. And I think that was the big thing was I don't like doing anything partial, right? It's making sure that I get it right and really understand how it's supposed to happen and how you get the quality the right way. 
Uh, and that allowed me to really get connected up with some agencies in New York, some agencies in California, um, and really started to be able to build a business. Sounds familiar, right? Do it right or don't do it at all. Yeah, yeah. don't do it at all. So uh, just on a spot, I'm going to put you, I don't know how much work you've recorded because I just met you, but give, give me a couple of highlights that you remember of some stuff you've done you can share with the audience, whether yeah, it's a jingle or... Not really yeah. any jingle. Okay. So uh, you know, a lot of my work was in corporate, um, and so I've done a uh, ton of... Just corporate um, big event videos where right, you need that big voice coming uh, you know, out of, you know, into 9,000 people in a big auditorium. So a lot of corporate work. Um, some regional uh, radio stuff just from a commercial perspective. So nothing that, you know, anybody here would probably really recognize. Um, yeah, what I think is interesting is the corporate work for somebody that's just starting out trying to get into voiceover, it's a little bit easier. Um, the commercial work is really hard, uh, and that's because... A lot of known actors are now just doing voiceover for you know themselves for fun, and yeah. so that's interesting. Yeah, I think we should audition him right now for the next spot. I think yeah. we should get him right <laughs> ourselves. We'll get him to do 360 visuals. We bring your brand to life. Right. 360 visuals. We bring your brand to life. That's, that's really good. That's money. Right Serious. There. That's money. And the guy's a CEO on the side gig. I'm so. signing up right yeah. now. <laughs> awesome yeah. stuff, Jeff. Yeah. So now, in the way of marketing, so you've been all facets uh, of this business for years. In marketing, how do you guys find your customers? Is it now word of mouth because you're known in the industry? So it's a, it's a great question. In the in the primary space that we've been in, so really around real estate, um, we're very well known. But I talked about a new standard that's out there, um, and so without getting into too many details, there's a new accounting standard that is really going to impact every industry, every kind of vertical, and we're not known in those. And also, this industry standard isn't well understood. So we actually do need to do a lot of marketing around awareness, just awareness of the new standard, awareness of what it's going to mean, and awareness of how we actually are going to help. So there's actually a, in terms of how we're going to be able to grow, the accounting board has done a great job for us because they've created an amazing, compelling event in all industries that we're going to be able to benefit from. But we got to get our name out there. We got to educate the CFOs and controllers around what's coming and then let them know that we're the right company to be able to help them solve that problem. What are you finding uh, actually just being in this area? I think your clients are nationally mostly. Yes. Okay. Are you doing any international work or no? Uh, our, um, we mostly sell to domestic U.S. companies, but a lot of those companies do have facilities overseas, and so we do help them with the leases that they have from overseas facilities. So from a talent acquisition standpoint, again, sitting at the top and managing your departments accordingly, what uh, areas of pain can you uh, have you guys figured out when it comes to people that you can maybe share as a best practice with another executive in terms of maybe hiring and retaining talent? Because you guys have pretty good tenure there. Yeah, we're, you know, I think it's like all companies. I think in, it really from a talent acquisition perspective, what we really focus in on is people that just have strong aptitude, right? They have not, they really want to learn. They want to learn and they want to continue to grow. And then really from an employee retention, it does come down to helping employees be connected to the business and really understand why, you know, what they're doing makes a difference. It's one of the things that uh, we are just starting now is every month having one of our customers come and talk to our employees so that they can actually make that tighter, more personal connection to the businesses that we actually support. And that actually helps from a retention perspective in the software industry because, again, they, they can go in and they can do their job, but when they can actually understand that what they do 
has a material impact on somebody else's business. It just it, it connects them in a great way, and it just helps with retention. Wow. So in the way of the types of businesses you guys serve, kind of going back into that, so um, would it be, um, you know, let's say like a national franchisor, uh, so let's say it's not like uh, PepsiCo. I mean, uh, not PepsiCo, but uh, someone that owns a ton of Taco Bells, you know, or, you know, they say they have a hundred of them. That would be an example? Yeah, that would absolutely right? be an example. So if you, you know, in the real estate space, right. um, you know, that's absolutely going to be one that we would think of. So, you know, somebody right. that's got, you know, maybe 25 different Jersey mics, you know, all right. over the place. But with the new standard, um, it's both facility leases and equipment leases. So now you start talking about maybe manufacturers, right, where they've got three or four facilities. So that's not a lot of leases, but they have all this equipment. So tell me about the equipment leases. What kind of equipment are we talking about? Are we talking about like a tractor over here? Are we talking about, um, you know, copiers? Yeah, what? It's all of it. So that's right. a great question. So if you think about um, different businesses, so if you're a large farming operation, right. you may buy all of your tractors or you may lease all of your tractors. If it's a lease, it doesn't matter. Any lease is affected by this new standard. So if you're a manufacturer, it might be all of your CNC machines and your conveyor belts and your packaging equipment. If it's a lease, it falls into this standard, and that's what makes it such an interesting, compelling event. It's is a huge marketplace. Huge marketplace huge. because it's every business that has a lease that has any kind of audit requirement from a financials perspective. It's a totally different way that you have to manage your leases from a financials perspective. And it's really going it, to, it's just, it's a, the market is just massive at this point. Right. The larger the enterprise, the more complex this becomes. Yes. And, and the, the net, and even I can, I can imagine the next facility they open, well, they have equipment inside. So it's not just the facility, it's the equipment in the facility. And it's, it just becomes exponential. It becomes exponential. The financial transactions associated with leases under this standard um, are very complicated, very complex. And there's not a lot of domain knowledge out there in the financial world to be able to answer, well, how do I do it? So the companies are going to need both the software, but they're also going to need the expertise on how to handle this. Because most businesses, unless you are really in kind of like that real estate space, most businesses, when they handle a lease, they kind of, they write the check for the lease each month. And then they just, that kind of goes into their P&L and they, they're done. This is totally different now. And so there's, you know, there's just a lot of education that needs to go out there and right, businesses are going to have to comply with the standard. And that's what makes it a compelling event in the software industry. We're always looking for them. A lot of times we try to create them on our own. Uh, but here we actually have right, the, uh, the accounting board that did it for us. I'm curious, um, what's like for, and again, this is dependent on the size of the business and the enterprise, but like what's one of the biggest items uh, out there that would be a leasable item? And what's one of the smallest? Like, I'm just curious on the range. Yeah, so, well, if you think about um, the fleets, actually, are probably the things that have the most. So, you know, um, companies that just have cars. Um, and so you've got fleet management, tons of things. If you look at um, the biggest lease that most businesses have is a facility, right? So it's going to be your office space. It's going to be your warehouse. So that facility is usually going to be your biggest lease. Um your smallest lease is going to be a laptop. So, right, because a lot, you know, you get some companies that don't buy their computer equipment. They lease it over two, three years, right? Because that's the useful life of a laptop. 
Um, what's interesting there is in this new standard, even that laptop has to be accounted for the right way now if it's a multi-year lease. Wow. Uh, Jeff, is there anything else you want to share with the audience uh, regarding AMT Direct? or? You know, I the you know in the area um, we're local. All of our uh, um, hiring is done here. We actually have a, a number of opportunities that are out there right now. So you know, visit our website amtdirect.com. Look at those uh, opportunities. But we're definitely hiring. Great. Well, thanks so much for stopping in the studio today. It was great to see you again, and uh, look forward to connecting with you next. Really happy to be here, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs>